no ketchup, no ketchup. Yo, what's really good? It's your main man, Sean Little from the No Ketchup Podcast. Wanted to send a reminder. Make sure you rate and review No Ketchup available everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, No Ketchup is on there. Make sure you tell everyone it's the best sports podcast in the world. Drop that five-star review. Pass the links to the homies. Let everybody know. You know the deal. No Ketchup. Sports Talk via Chicago. Lock in. really good my people welcome in the no catch up sports talk via chicago i'm your host sean little big nick the quick with me as always it's wednesday we had some business to take care of yesterday but we're back locked in nick nick cut me off on the intro but yeah this is a little this is a little classic jump man snap you know i just oh, picked geez. this up the other day actually um lots to talk about man nfl week three is on the way i want to talk about some quarterback play man this is some of uh there's a lot of pitiful quarterback play going on. I'm just going to keep it 100. We're going to talk about that. I, I, we're we're going to go over all NFL. We'll talk about some stuff we want to talk about week two, week three on the way. Aaron Judge hit 60 yesterday. I want to ask Nick, you know, where he's at about a couple things on the MLB. Pay that, pay that Aaron, man his money. Aaron Judge front. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Lock in. What's goody, Big Nick? The quick, where are you at right now? I'm in Denver, man. I'm in a, I'm in Atlanta, Russ Wilson. Yo, so I gotta tell you, um, I hop off the plane, right? And I gotta take the uh I gotta take the little, you know, sometimes you gotta rent the rental cars. You have to it's off site from the airport. So you take like one of those little shuttles. Yeah, yeah. So when I hop on the shuttle in here. Denver got a nice just, airport, by the way. No, I hate this airport. It's one of the I saw Jokic. I saw Jokic out there one time before he was uh before he was Jokic. So nah, I, 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 I feel the exact opposite, man. I hate this airport. But okay. Um so yeah, first thing I hear when you get on the little shuttle to take you to the rental car, it's this is Russell Wilson. I'm really no excited way. to be here. Yes, 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 yes. This is Russell welcome Wilson. to Denver. I'm, this is I'm Russell really Wilson. Yeah, welcome to Denver. This is Russell Wilson. I'm really excited to be here. Go Broncos. <laughs> no lie, I promise. Dude, enough. Yeah. So that Please. kind of set the tone. Uh, but it's funny you missing Jokic, man. I've been here for three days. Yo, I haven't seen a single piece of uh, of Nuggets gear. Interesting. Not, not, no not a jersey, not a hat, not a poster, not a not a mention of the back-to-back MVP, none of that. Two-time MVP. They can't get him on TV out there. The TV rights are all messed up. He oh, they don't get, get the Nuggets there. out here? Dog, they had a huge thing. Nuggets were getting blacked out on, on one of the big local oh, they were doing like cable the markets. It works, was like a situation. whole... The whole, yeah, whole thing. No one's watching two-time MVP, basically, and the guy that's yeah, that, putting up insane numbers on a nightly basis. Yeah, that makes sense because you would think that Kola Jokic is just another random dude out here the way uh, the way it is. I was shocked because usually when I, even when I go to Oklahoma City, like I'll see Josh Giddy joints, you know what I mean? I'll see right. SGA joints, um, but I have not seen no Nuggets blue, nothing. Interesting. So, yeah, Interesting. Yeah, a lot of Broncos, a lot of Broncos, though. Yeah, I haven't no, seen I haven't seen Nathaniel Hackett though, man. I'm still looking for him, man. Let me know, dude. I, I real that we can open up the NFL talk with that, bro. This guy, man. Everything about this dude is just atrocious to me. And I'm gonna give you a take. I was just talking about this about Russell Wilson 
and Nathaniel Hackett. First off, Nathaniel Hackett is he just wasn't ready and his as far as over his head at the moment, right? For sure. And for a lot of that is I think LaFleur. So Nathan, if you don't know, Nathaniel Hackett was in Green Bay, right? He was the offensive coordinator. Quote unquote, loosely. He's the offensive coordinator in Green Bay. But LaFleur is coming up with the offense and structure and, and calling it on a play-to-play basis. And then the quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, number 12, the best ever in my eyes. So I don't know how much he was actually doing to begin with. This is my take on it. So then he gets thrust into a head coaching role, and then he has another big personality, or I don't know, whatever you want to call it, method actor with Russell Wilson, right? Method. <laughs> oh, yeah. The biggest, bad, yeah. yeah, that's what we were talking about. The yeah. biggest, okay, this is the thing that, this is my take, and I want to get, I, I want to I get your opinion on what I think about this. I think a big problem with Nathaniel Hackett right now, and I'm watching the game, I've watched both Broncos games, because one was on Monday night, and the second I had a large sum on the Broncos minus 10. I believe Nathaniel Hackett is trying to please and be buddy-buddy with Russell Wilson instead of coaching and deciding what he wants to do. In his head, he's trying to figure out what Russell wants on top of what he's going to do. So, for example, third down play the other night on Sunday when they run the tight end triple option. Yes, to the short place. side. <laughs> he it gets stuffed and it's fourth and three. Now, instead of being ready to make a decision and decide what he wants to do, he's like, Does Russell want to go for it here? Maybe Russell wants to go for it here. Do, do you think Russell would go for it right here or should I kick it? So then by the time he evaluates all that, 15 seconds have run off the clock. Then he finally decides, okay, we'll kick it. It's too late, or or we'll go for it. It's too late, call timeout. And every time I see them interact, it's very, like, buddy-buddy. Like, he's, like, looking up. He's, like, looking at Russell for, like, approval on everything he says to him. They threw a touchdown, and Nathaniel Hackett ran up to this dude and gave him a hug, big hug. Like, Great job, buddy. Like, the head coach needs to be dictating what's going on, and it seems like him and Russell Wilson are on the even even level, same 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 decision making level, and I think that's a big problem over there in Denver right now. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I also think part of it is also, I mean, I think the more important thing is that he's just in over his head. I think that a lot of times. You know, like the, the role of that head coach is you're not necessarily like that X's and O's guy anymore, right? Like even though he's also calling still do that, the O, though. Right, right. So like LaFleur guys issue. like that, they still call the plays, right? Which is fine. But you also have to understand situational football. You also have to have a feel for the game. Like you said, you also need to be dictating what's going on. And it just looks like, even besides the whole trying to please Russ thing, he just looks like a deer in headlights. Like you watch him as he's making these decisions. And you know, like you can look at people sometimes and you know that just the shit is just going on in their head. It's just bouncing all (laughs) over the place. That's what I see with him, man. Like he clearly has absolutely no idea what he's doing. He has no feel for the game. Um, Obviously a lot of that stuff is hidden by the fact that, yeah, you were coaching Aaron Rodgers for the last couple of years and Matt LaFleur was the play caller, right? So Rodgers, experienced quarterback, veteran quarterback, obviously an extremely intelligent quarterback who knows what he's trying to do out there. 
and LaFleur, an accomplished play caller, right? Like they're doing everything offensively. So what were you really coordinating over there in Green Bay enough to get you the job with the Broncos? Then you come to Denver and it's just clear that you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. Last week was a debacle, right? The first game was a debacle. He came out, said, yeah, I agreed with the decision to go for it. Comes out the next day, is like, yeah, I probably, or to go for the kick. Comes out the next day, he's like, yeah, I probably should have went to Russell Wilson on that. Russell Wilson has his back, which I think is Russ just kind of doing the company role. I don't think he wants to make it contentious within the first couple of weeks. But then you follow it up with the debacle last weekend. I mean, they failed to send out a punt returner. They failed <laughs> yeah, about to that. send out a punt returner <laughs> in the fourth game, in the fourth, in the fourth out. In the fourth I quarter. forgot about that. Yeah. You literally did. did not send out anybody to return kicks. You ran an option with a tight end who hasn't carried a ball in four years to the short side of the field. You passed up on a 59-yard field goal in no altitude, but you went for one. I'm sorry, in high altitude, but you went for one last week in a regular situation that was 65 yards. So it's just a clear, it was a lot of indecision. Like, I think the Russ thing is more him looking at Russ like, I don't really know what the fuck to do. So maybe you can tell me because you've won all these football games. (laughs) That's what I really think it is, man. Yeah. We, 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 go ahead. No, I was going to say, that could be part of it for sure. But- he, I mean, he knows he did, but the, listen, he, he needs to know or should know what he's going to do on certain spots. And I think he's second guessing himself because he's worried about what Russ is going to think about his decision. So you, you get what I'm 65 saying? 65 yard field goal? Because if I'm Russ, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, well, I think that gets compounded in week two, right? He's like, he still has week one in his mind about his decision about that. So then it's fourth and five. And he's like, man, what do I do here? What would Russ want to do? Ah, delay a game's on the way, timeout. It's not like there's no decision-making being made. And I think Russell's looking – like, listen, we've we've learned throughout the years, no matter how big the stature of the quarterback is, they'll follow directions. Sure. Like, if you're told to do something, you don't want to, you know, fuck with the shit. So you follow directions. For sure. Hey, man, Aaron Rodgers, hey, man, kick it. All right. (laughs) Okay. Like, I don't know about that, but, you know, I'm not about to get in an argument with you on the headset and on the field and be and say, no, we need to go for it, period, point blank. So we've we've learned that no matter the stature of the QB, they'll listen and pay attention. But he doesn't make any decisions because he's second-guessing himself, and I think a big thing of that is – the big personality and stature of Russell in that city, you get off the, you get off the train at the airport and he's welcoming you the whole, that his whole presence there is like, is Russell going to think this is a dumb decision? I don't know if I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And it's taking him too much time to decide, which is then backing up everything else. And then you're burning timeouts. But, I mean, they're doing it in all aspects of the game. They can't – it couldn't – for two weeks straight, they haven't been able to get plays in on time. Like, this team yeah. runs down the play clock to, to the one-second mark consistently if they're not getting a delay a game. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I hear where you're coming from on that, but yeah. I, I just think overall it's more just his complete lack of feel for the game, his indecisiveness, him being in these spots that he's never been in. I just look at his resume. He's never been a head coach before at any level. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, no, man, we talk about it all the time. Look at the Mike McCarthy's of the world. Like, some people just don't – have the ability to understand what you're supposed to do in the right situations. And I'm sure if they're up, hey, if they're up 
31 to seven, he might be the best coach in the NFL. But when those moments get tight, as they have the last two weeks, like you could have, you should have thrashed both of these teams. Yes. You should have thrashed both of these teams. You, you should have, you, you should be up, maul the Texans. Dude, they should have, they should have destroyed the Texans. Yeah. And I understand the they, they had a couple injuries. Jerry Judy got hurt at the buzzer and all that stuff, but. Man. This is a team. The Texans aren't even trying. They literally brought in Lovey Smith because they just need something. They need a babysitter. It's pretty much, hey, just get us through this year so we can get a <laughs> number one pick and you know try to get a quarterback. But yeah. I just see a guy. It, 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 the level of incompetence in Week One was appalling. When you come to Week Two and you're still doing that shit, I think the Week Two, two performance was worse than the Week One performance. Yeah. It's like clearly you haven't learned anything. So yeah, I get the Russell Wilson aspect of it, but I just think the whole moment, Russ. Head coach, city of Denver, my high stadium, whatever you want to call it, it's is just too, too much for the guy. It's just too much for him, man. He has no idea what he's doing. And I think it looks like a team that also didn't even practice in the offseason. Like, I get they didn't do the, the preseason and all that shit. Yeah. We can get into that debate if you want to. But it looks like they didn't practice anything, like no two-minute drill, yeah. no nothing. Like, they have no idea what they're doing. And I think if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm, I'm, I'm very nervous. About and you know, what's, you know what's tough for him? is that this is the first impression of him as a head coach. It's going to be extremely difficult to shake him off of this stigma. No, because any mistake from now. Any mistake going forward, it's going to be like, yeah, she doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He doesn't know what the fuck is. They could win eight straight, but yeah. on that ninth game, and that ninth game's up, like, oh, dude, fucking yeah. hack. That's what he's doing. has no idea what he's doing. But, I mean, <laughs> you, could, you could realistically say, like, he, he cost them the week one victory and really almost cost him week two. Like, this team could should be 2-0, and oh, by a lot of points, or they could be 0-2 just based on how yeah. they played and how he performed. So I just think, yeah, they got to figure some shit out, man. Uh, obviously, Russ is out there saying all the right things, but this guy, I, I've never seen coaching at this level. We've seen some bad coaching before. Yeah. And all right, let's talk let, Let's talk about another guy where, that has difficulty in uh, big moments. Kirk Cousins, now 2-10 and 10 against the spread and straight up on Monday Night Football. We don't even have to stay on this for too long, but I, I just made a video for Why Wednesdays, this little social thing I'm doing. And the question was, why does, why can't Kirk Cousins win on Monday Night Football? I want to get your answer because I was looking at all these numbers too. His numbers on Monday Night Football are not that bad. 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. They're not stellar, but they're not terrible. And... On average in the loss, his defense – I thought this was interesting. On average in a loss, his defense gives up almost 30 points. It's like 28, 29 points per game in each loss. But then you look at him on Thursday night football and Sunday night football, and overall his numbers are worse. Like Thursday night football, he has like 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. But overall, between Thursday night and Sunday night, I think he's 9-6-1 and one against the spread. So he's profitable on Thursday night and Sunday night. But Monday night, he, he gets smoked. Yeah. And uh, I just talked about the pressure in the video. And then the other thing is, against winning teams, 10-41 and 41 against teams with a winning record. That's Kirk Cousins' record against those squads. And I think that might have something to do with it on Monday night. Like, these are marquee matchups you're getting. And Kirk Cousins against a marquee team on, on prime time, he just can't get he can't get over it. What do you think it is? So what do we always say? First off, yeah, what do we always say, man? 
you got to watch the film, right? So some of those positive numbers that you threw out about Kirk Cousins, you could go through Kirk Cousins on football reference or whatever you want to look at and look at his stats year by year. And you'd say, man, that's a guy I want to be my quarterback. He throws 30 touchdowns, you know, decent completion percentage, throws for a bunch of yards. Like the numbers look really good, right? But when you watch the games, it's a completely different story. Consistently, this team will get up early, right? Kirk Cousins throws a couple touchdowns in the first half. Everything's feeling good. They're rolling a little bit. <laughs> Might be 20 to 7. Game ends 28-21, right? Stuff like that. Um, and also, I got I to gotta, I gotta call you out on something that I saw last night, man. Yeah. Hey, Daniel Jones. He sucks. Comparing Daniel Jones' record to Kirk Cousins is not fair. You ask why does yes, Kirk Cousins is. get the smoke and Daniel Jones doesn't? I didn't Daniel say Jones that. Hasn't, Daniel Jones hasn't been paid $200 million to be the quarterback of his team. So that, that smoke is rightfully deserved at Kirk Cousins' way. Yeah, of course it is. But Daniel yeah. Jones, no one's even mentioned. What I'm saying is well, no, one's mentioned, no one's mentioned Daniel Jones on primetime, and the guy hasn't <laughs> he the guy hasn't won a game and he has 15 turnovers. Yeah, well, we know he sucks. I get but, it, but yeah, yeah I, it was just a little observation that I hey man, we, if we're talking, hey, he's not the only dude that's brutal on primetime. This sure. guy hasn't won a game. But Kirk Cousins is expected to be a lot more at this point than Daniel Jones is, right? Like, Daniel Jones was a project when they drafted him. He's in his fourth year. I think we kind of know he's not really going to turn anything. Meanwhile, Kirk Cousins has made over $200 million in his NFL career, is supposed to be a top quarterback, is supposed to be a guy who leads you to the playoffs and gets wins. When you play so a quarterback, why can't he do it, man? That's my so question. Why? Yeah, what, what's what's think, your take think, on why? Because I think he's empty calories, man. He's he Like I told you yesterday, he's the 25-point-per-game scorer on a 38-win team, man. He's not... What he does doesn't win you ballgames. The moments get too big for him. I, he's not, He's not. you know, you talk about guys who are able to elevate when the going gets tough, right? Like you talk about those guys that have these fourth quarter performances. You talk about these guys that can lead comebacks. Kirk Cousins doesn't do that. He's a front runner. He's a front runner. That's why. If it's going well, it looks good. And oftentimes in the first half of ballgames for Kirk Cousins, it goes well, right? And in the second half, they don't do anything. So, like, I think a lot of those defensive numbers on the fact that if you watch some of these games, he's constantly going three and out when it starts to matter. So he puts his defense back on the field quickly. He's inaccurate. Look at Justin Jefferson the other night. He's like, damn, now I realize why Stephon Diggs wanted to get the fuck up out of here. This guy is trash. He's trash. So I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if it's that he's just not really that good. But, again, he performs when there's no pressure or beats up on the fact that he gets to play the Lions and the Bears four times a year. Um, you know, so when a quarter of your schedule is shitty teams, just right off the bat, then you add in a couple other shitty teams, like, yeah, you'll win seven or eight games. What did Robert Griffin III tell us, man? Kirk Cousins is out there getting $40 million a year to go eight and eight every year. That's what he does, man. He's just, he's not, he doesn't elevate. So I can't tell you exactly what it is. I don't want to call him like a mental midget. Because I, I, you look at him during games, he doesn't look like a guy who's sitting there wilting under pressure. Like some guys, you see it in their face. We just talked about hacking. Like you can clearly see him melting down. I don't think yeah, Kirk yeah. Cousins displays that outwardly, but I don't think he's galvanizing anybody. I don't think he's leading that team to victory. I don't think he's getting guys fired up. I know he did the whole "you like that" thing, but like other than that, man, like, I, don't, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think he's really inspiring anybody out there. And he's not good enough. Um. To make up for that, man, like he's just—I I just don't think he's that good. I think he's an average starting quarterback. If we really want to be honest, I think he's an average starting quarterback that is able to put up numbers. A two and ten's not average, man. That's—it's brutal. He can't. Yeah. It's—it's Monday night. 
this is my my take is that pure point blank the 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 moment's too big it's too much pressure and he it, it is partly being a mental a little bit of a mental midget because he can't get over the fact that he can't do anything on Monday night and now it's in its head now it's in his head and it's talked about every day and he knows going in that it's being talked about and he can't get over the hump and yeah. he's playing and he's playing really good teams yeah. And he has a good team and he has a good team around him. That's the thing. I mean, you got you went from elite receiver to elite receiver as far as going from Diggs to uh, to Jefferson. Yeah, you you don't play in the toughest division in the world. Again, two of the teams in the division are absolute trash. Right. I, I get it. You got to get past the whole Aaron Rodgers thing of it all. Um, but he's just he, he, he's an eight and eight type of dude or eight. It's nine just eight, weird, though, it because it's only Monday. The prime time, the other spots, I mean, straight up, he's, they're not great numbers, but they're not as anemic as they are on Monday night. Sure. It's yeah, partly when they to get, do with, you know, the only game, maybe different different schedule of the week might affect him. It's the only game on that night. He knows everyone's going to be watching, and he just, he, just, he just comes up short every time. But the other thing, it's not like he's great during the other times, though, too. If you look at his overall record, he's a 500 quarterback. Like, that that's kind of what he is. So, like, yeah, he loses the Monday night games, but it's not yeah, like I think, he I think he's 62 and 61 overall. Exactly. Or, he's a 62, 62 and 61 type of dude. Yeah. Um, And so it's not like he's – I get it, man. You look at the numbers at the end of the year, and you're like, yeah, man, this guy is solid. But then you watch the games, and you can pull out the Monday nights, Thursday nights, things like that, primetime playoff spots, whatever it is. But even on just some regular Sunday games, man, if you watch the entire game with this guy, when it's time to get to that win, when it's time to deliver, when it's time to take this team to make it an 11-win team, he just can't get those extra three wins throughout the he course of the year. He played really well last year, but, yeah, it's – But it's, they, what, how the many games did they win? Defense was, like, one of the worst in the league last year. How many games did they win? Yeah, I mean Joe, – Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl, and he's literally got me and you blocking for him up front. So, like, the excuse has got to end. And, again – when you're a $40 million a year quarterback, I don't want to hear all that other shit. Yeah. That's where I'm at with Kirk Cousins. It'd be different if we're talking about a guy making 15, 20 million. So right? he's like, that's kind of like, you know, where I'm, at with, where I'm at with Chris Middleton, where are you at with? No, because Chris Middleton shit actually leads to wins. H- half the time. Yeah. I, we're not doing this. But yeah. <laughs> And, and you know what? Here's the thing. We, we can, here's, you know what? I'll give you that. If, if there was no Giannis, if there was no Giannis and Chris Middleton was making $30 million, Chris Middleton was making $30 million a year to take the Bucks to 35 wins a game or a year, yeah, for sure, it'd be the same type thing. But the thing is with Cousins, and they keep extending them too. This is like his third contract with the Vikings if you really pay attention. They have yeah. extended them. They've redone that contract. He keeps getting more guaranteed money. And it's the same result every year. So you're it's saying you'd move, you'd move off, Kurt. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. What more do you need to see? A hundred percent I'd move off of Kirk Cousins. I would not keep extending him for $40 million a year. I wouldn't. I think I think the verdict is out on him, man. I think it's been that way too. I don't know. I don't know how he keeps fooling people into thinking that he's <laughs> an upper echelon quarterback when he's not. Because again, if you watch the film in big games and really in big moments, right? You could you could take the games, it's big moments in general. He does not deliver, man. What's his playoff record? Has he ever won a playoff game? Yeah, I think he has one win. Okay. I believe. Look that up. I think he has yeah, one great. win. But, okay. yeah, look that up, and then we'll move off Kirk Cousins. I just want to talk about other quarterback play I saw. Some of the worst quarterback play I've ever seen in the 1 o'clock window last week. We had Mitchell Trubisky. Sure. I mean, uh, you want to talk about another guy stealing. 
I don't know what everybody didn't see in Chicago. Somehow he went to Buffalo and <laughs> sat on the bench. <laughs> And he became, he became, <laughs> he became a $20 million he, a year quarterback. He, he went to Buffalo and he didn't play. And then he turned into a guy that needed a fresh deal and needed the starting position. It was actually pretty, pretty interesting stuff. But now they're calling for Kenny Pickett. And then now that leads me to, to talk about before, because I know we're going to run out of time because the big Nick's got to go, but. It it leads me to the Justin Field talk, man. Yeah. Where are you at with it? We've seen all the numbers, you know, bottom of the league in attempts, bottom of the league in completions, bottom of the league in, you know, yards per play, yards per pass, deep balls, the whole thing, right? Right. Where are you at on Justin and the conversation around him right now? He needs to play better. Um, I think we – there's a lot of excuses you can make for Justin Fields. Right. Last year was a throwaway year. Didn't surround them with a bunch of talent this year. But I just brought up guys like Burrow and other guys. And I get they went out and got Jamar Chase for Burrow. But even his rookie year, he was great before he got hurt um, on a non-talented team. You see a lot of these other rookie and young quarterbacks, man, elevating these teams. Um, And again, when you have one of these guys, you obviously didn't have a good team going in because you drafted these guys in the top 10, top 12 picks. So it's not like some of these guys are walking into ready-made rosters and lighting it up. They're elevating the team. They're comfortable. Uh, they're progressing. With Fields, there's still like a lot of – it's a lot of indecisiveness. He doesn't know whether he wants to run or throw. Um, it seems like they don't necessarily trust him to do a lot, which is kind of alarming to me. Like if I was uh, Getsy and Eberflus and those guys, like I would just turn it loose, man. Like this year, no one's expecting you to really do anything. So I don't understand why you're trying to play conservative with your quarterback and have him have games where he has eight, nine, ten attempts. Like, to me, that doesn't really make sense. So I think those are some excuses that you can build in for him. But at the same time, man, he needs to play better, man. He overthrew that shot to Mooney the other night, which would have been a touchdown. Um, Sometimes I feel like he's got happy feet back there. Um, I understand the pocket is closing on him pretty quickly. So, he, you know, that can cause, you know, a young quarterback to have a lot of issues. But overall... I want to see more, man. Like, I, I want to see more. I want to give him every benefit of the doubt possible, but I feel like we need to see more. So, like, if it continues like this, yeah, I don't I don't want to say – I don't want to say anything crazy. <laughs> you got to jump to anything crazy. But you see where I'm getting at, man? You know, like, the fact that, like, we can't get him thrown over 100 yards to me in 2022 NFL football, where literally the entire game – like, you see these illegal contact penalties they're calling now? Dog, if you look at a receiver when he comes off the line now, it's a 15-yard penalty. So, like, they really are trying to promote as much offense as possible. And it seems like with the Bears, it's still the same thing. Like, we had a couple good drives on Sunday night. But other than that, man, it's nothing. Same thing in the rain game, man. He made a couple big plays. But you look at the overall game, man, it's just kind of not there yet. And I don't know if it's his fault. I don't know if it's the offensive talent. But something's got to give at this point, man. So, I think he takes a lot of the responsibility on this, in my opinion. And, And it hurts me to say that. Because, again, I've been a Justin Fields uh, apologist for a while now. But, look, man, it's got to look better, man. you got to look decisive in there. The biggest thing is they they don't seem to trust him to throw the ball. At all. There is absolutely no reason. I don't care if you're ripping off 10 yards of carry. There was games last year where the Eagles literally ran for 280 yards in the game. And Hurts still had 18, 19, 20 attempts. 
Fields had 11 attempts in a perfect weather situation to throw the ball. We're down 20 points. We're down three scores. There's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be throwing the ball. Now, I said this. I've been my shit, my sister, my spot, and my stance on fields hasn't changed at all. I didn't get excited when we drafted him. I got a little bit excited, but I got. Uh, you weren't see- excited about the fields pick? No, of course. I, 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 I'm hopeful. That's more of a better word because, like, I, I, I've gotten excited so many times about a lot of different things where I don't know what they're <laughs> going to look like on the field. So I don't get excited about the draft anymore whatsoever. Like, I could care less. If we had the first pick and picked whoever, I don't care. I want to see him play on the field. So that's always been my stance on that. Second, I truly believe this is his rookie year. Last year was a disaster in a lot of different ways. The trust thing is big because I think that was kind of where we were at with Nagy and Trubisky, right? Nagy didn't trust Trubisky to do anything. And I think a lot of that was valid because Trubisky didn't have the capacity to do it. Sure. So I think that was part of, I think both of them had a lot to do with them being bad, the Bears, that offense. But I think if Nagy was confident, he would have opened up Trubisky and he wasn't. And there was a reason for that. There is no reason to be down three scores in a game on primetime against your arch rival and you're 1-0 to not throw the ball. It just doesn't make any sense. Now, when they nothing did run the ball, that like it should be a balanced offense. You got nothing to lose. Like the whole the whole situation. Also, <laughs> we win the first game in the monsoon, and all of a sudden, somehow the Bears fans think we have, a, I guess, a good football team. So people are expecting us to do all this other shit, and it's like, no, nah, man, this is the same squad we thought it was, and they're gonna be bad. And we got it. We got a. We were fortunate to get a win week one. He needs to play better. But they also need to throw the ball and get some more, just put him in some more situations where he's dropping back and throwing it. Like you said, though, he does look nervous. He's questioning a lot of things he's looking at. Do I run? Do I throw? Do I run? Do I throw? Do <clears throat> if, if it's not a clean read option on the first look and the guy is pretty open, he's not going there. There's no throwing anybody open. There's no throwing the windows. There's none of that. So to your point about Burrow and lifting those guys up and you see the young guys, it's different because these are just special talents. Justin Herbert's a top three, four quarterback in the NFL. Herbert's or Burrow is probably a top five, depending on how you want to how you want to load that up. So those are different talents. But then you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts, man. I gave Jalen Hurts hell for years. You've been giving him hell. Years like yo, this guy's this guy's not it. Just period, point blank, not it. And now the winner. He a dark horse MVP. Can the Eagles win the NFC? Winner. (laughs) So give Phil some time. Let's see what's going on. It's a new second second game of a new coaching staff, a new offense, and he doesn't have a lot of talent. What are you where where before we move off this? Where are you at with his comments about the fans and the guys in the locker room ta- are, are taking this harder than any fans because we're playing and y'all aren't? 
He's not the first. He's not the first player in any sport to really say that. So I don't have a problem with it. Um, it's one of those things where. It's Did you get like, the question? I, I still couldn't find the I, question. I don't know what the asking. question was. Um, I would I, love to I, hear what the question was, and if anybody in the comments knows the question that was asked, Cody or anybody else, that would be extremely helpful because I think there's some context in that. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't have a problem. I mean, it's true. I think it's true. Uh, I mean, you're out there playing the game. You're putting in the preparation Monday through Friday. You're the one that has to deal with all the heat if it doesn't go right. Like, I do think that obviously the players, it's their job. It means a little bit more to them if we're being completely honest, right? Like, the Bears lose. We're upset and all that, but we're not We're not losing our job. We didn't spend all week preparing for the Bears game. I didn't watch film of the Green Bay Packers Monday through Friday. You know what I mean? Um, so I think he's right. It's just one of those comments that when you make afterwards, it's kind of like, what was the purpose of saying this? Because it's not going to go over well. And for yeah. a guy who seems like he's been pretty media savvy, PR savvy, uh, for a couple of years, we just talked about this last week. He, he tends to say the right things, you know what I mean? It's pretty, he keeps it pretty straightforward. Yeah, I want to work hard, play hard, get better. He just says that like on repeat, uh, which is fine. I don't need you to start running your mouth and saying all types of crazy shit because then they start holding it against you, case in point. So I don't have a problem with that, man. Yeah, Justin Fields probably is more important to him than it is to me because this is his job, it's his livelihood. I'm a fan. I'm not like, it's funny, man. We talk about like, you know, you got me into this. Premier League football and soccer and all that shit. Like, it's not that where it's like their whole thing is like we have to we have to appeal to the fans. We have to appeal to the fans. It's the fans' club. Like this is for the fans. Like you know we have we love the supporters. It's not like that, man. It's not how American sports work, unfortunately. So it's the truth. I got no problem with him saying that. Yeah, I I think it's just he he could he, if he wanted to take it back. If he could take it back, I think he would take it back. For sure. I would like to get the context on the question. But what he's what he's really saying is it means more to us that we're that we're struggling and got blown out by our rival. We're the ones playing. I know it means a lot to you guys too, but it means more to us. We're the ones that are going through it, right? I think that's exactly. all he was saying. It yeah, I don't about, think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, it was it wasn't about, you know, slandering the sliding the fans in any way, shape, or form. But listen, Chicago media is going to look for any and any any and everything to comment on it and kind of grasp it. And when you come out and say the fans aren't important, essentially, that's what some people See, hear. See, I don't think that's what he said. Uh, no, yeah, that's not what he said. But if when you say that they the the fans aren't as angry as we are, and a lot of people are really angry, <laughs> it, it, it's sure. not going to go over well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm so much more like my dad now to where angry is far from what I like I where I get like I literally I watched the game for it went to zeros. I turned it off. Look, did a little one of these got some water and went to sleep. Exactly. Like, it, That's it, what he's it, it wasn't like I just turned it off like I want the Bears to win. I. I for I'm not as emotionally wrapped up as I once was because sure. I think I'm just seeing it with more clear eyes overall and the situation. Or I just think, watching the Bears for the past 30 years has fucking slowly killed your fandom. Yeah, and I, I mean, the Bears, think, the Bears, being a Bears fan is dying a slow death. I feel like offensively. I mean, let's be let's keep it real. Like watching the Bears, it's it's. Yeah, it I, I just also think my expectations are very tapered in the preseason. For sure. I'm looking at the roster. I'm looking at the situation. Like, this is going to be a shit football team. So, I'm not about to get all amped up. I will say this. 
I was pretty – the last time I was really, really invested in Fired Up was year one when we got Mac. Yeah. Trubisky was starting, and then we had a, a allegedly an offensive coach in Nagy. I was super fired up for that season. This season is just a filler, and we know where it's at. And and I feel Eric. So I was in the group chat for everybody listening. I was in the group chat, and I was essentially like, "Man, we're about to get blown out. Fuck this game. Like I've seen this movie a hundred times. I don't even know what the, what the deal is." And Eder, our guy Ben, corrected us or corrected me in the group chat, and he was like, "Hey, man." We know what it is, but like you know, let's let, let's try to root for these dudes a little bit. Let's stay a little positive. It is still Bears Packers, and it's true. But overall, all these people up in arms about the Bears losing to the Packers in Lambeau. What you thought? Well, but so here's the thing, though, <laughs> right? Like we can't we can't we can't talk out of both sides of our mouth because it's not really the Bears' loss in Lambeau that we care about. What have we been saying, right? All we want to see is Justin Fields' development. Yeah. That is all that matters. We want to see a graph going like this, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And if we're not seeing that, save a few plays in week one and one drive in week two, we're not seeing that development, even if they're getting the brakes beat off of them, right? Like, if Fields is out there looking good, showing a command, like, what did I talk about, man? I wanted to see him look comfortable. I want to see a quarterback that when you look at him, you say, hey, you start putting the pieces around this guy and he's going to elevate. He's going to be that guy. Instead, we look at a quarterback that through two weeks has 28 attempts, right? Has made some plays. Like I said, I'll give him credit for that. But overall, if you were a non-Bears fan and you didn't know all the external factors going on and you just watched Justin Fields, you'd be like, yeah, this guy's a bust. I mean, keep it real, right? Like, if we were Lions fans and we just decided to watch Bears game on Sunday night, you'd be like, wow, this is the guy that drafted 12th overall. So, for me, yeah, I didn't expect them to win, and I don't really give a shit if they win, to be completely honest with you. But what I do care about is progress. But I do care about, like you said, you're down three scores. Just open it up. Let him go. But there's something there where you don't trust him to do that. You don't trust his ability to execute. Maybe he doesn't trust himself because he looks indecisive back there. That's the type of stuff that I have a problem with. Because even though this is his rookie year, he still did play in, what, 14 games last year? Like, it's not his first time seeing NFL defenses. I understand he was doing it against a head coach that didn't have a lot of faith in him. But just mentally, he has seen this before, right? It's yeah. not truly his rookie year like he has not stepped on an NFL field before. And it's that yeah. much faster. He's, he's seen the speed of the game. He understands the defenses are throwing things at you. He's done pre-snap reads, all that different type of stuff. He, he, he's a rookie for us in the sense that we felt that last year was a throwaway, but he has experience, right? You shouldn't still look like that in year two. You should have more of a command. You should look more confident. You should trust more in your natural ability. So we yeah. talk about like Jalen Hurts. At some point, look, Jalen Hurts knows that he's not the greatest thrower of the football or hasn't been the last couple of years, right? But at some point, Jalen Hurts some said, of those I saw the other night. The other night looked great. <laughs> um, but at some point, Jalen Hurts was also like, man, I am extremely talented. I have a lot of ability. I'm a winner, and I'm just going to do what I do to help us win football games. And I'm going to grow into that quarterback role, right? Yeah. You never watched Jalen Hurts and thought he didn't look confident. I will say this, man. This is year two of Jalen Hurts in that new Eagles offense. Yeah. The biggest frustration for me about us and having And it was the that... playoffs last year, though, right? Yeah. 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 They were in the playoffs last year. And the, the biggest frustration for me about this whole situation was you made him learn a new offense in his second year. He just did that his rookie year. That was the biggest elephant in the room about the Nagy situation. 
you you drafted a rookie quarterback, made him learn the offense for a coaching staff that you knew wasn't going to be there, and the, the whole everybody was going to change in his year two. So it's like he's now in year two with a with, in a new system with a new coach, and it's 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 tough to be really good when you're in that type of situation. And like KM said in the comments, he's playing with bums, which is correct. Yeah, he's absolutely playing. Look, we're not making excuses for all that, man. It's more for me just how it looks. I'm not looking yeah. at numbers. I'm not even looking at results. I'm not pulling up a stat yeah. line or any of that. It's decision just making. it looks. Yeah, decision right? making. Watch yeah, no, film. you're right. Does it look comfortable? Does it look like when you replace those bums with actual talent, like the Eagles did this year, right? Let's go out and get A.J. Brown. Yeah. Let's go out and get a mauling offensive line. Now yeah. we have the talent in our quarterback who for the last couple of years has been learning, right? And obviously they gave him a ton of confidence. I will say this on Hurts versus Hurts versus Fields last year. Clearly Nagy didn't believe in Fields. The Eagles 100% believed in Jalen Hurts. They had yes. a shit ton of draft picks that they could have – they could have been multiple times over the last two years, went out and yeah. got another quarterback. Yeah. Instead they say, hey, we're going to stick with this guy last year, brought us to the they playoffs. Gave, the yeah, they gave him the keys. Yep. yep. And, and 100%. Like, oh, the Eagles have all these picks. Jalen Hurts is a stopgap quarterback. Garner Minshew, they were – some people were calling Everybody for Garner Minshew. They were Garner like, no, nah, man, this is, our, um, this is our guy. <laughs> No, that, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, this is our guy, and we're going to put things around him. He's going to – last year, you know, we might not have all the talent around there, but we just want to see how this guy looks. Okay, cool, it looks good. Let's get him some talent. But with Fields this year, through the two games, I still haven't – like, I'm not like, man, yeah, I can't wait till we put some guys around this guy because he's going to fucking take off. And this is becoming very, like, negative towards Fields, but I'm not trying to do that. Again, he's a young quarterback, and I get there's a lot of things going against him. But we got to be real as Bears fans. We got to be real as NFL football watchers, right? We know what it looks like when it's going in the right direction. And there's no way you can sit here and tell me that Justin Fields right now is going in the direction that you want him to be with what we asked for from this season. Next game is at home against the Texans. I would like to see 20, 20, 25 Lovey, throws. Lovey Ball. Hey, man. Come on, boy. Lovey, Lovey, man. Hey, sure, Lovey make might sure come Lovey in. gets a, a free stake. In Lovey game. might. Lovey going to come in there and try to suffocate those boys. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you, know, boy, you know people play hard for Lovey. You said Lovey might look yeah. up in the press box. Yeah, from the yeah. field, he might point yeah. at some people in the box. Yeah, what's, hey, what's what's up, George? Remember me? Yeah, what's up, George? You remember me, yeah. Doc? So and yeah. again, man, if you know anything about the Texans through two weeks, they, there's no they play hard, on that bro. Roster. They play hard. They play hard. They play bro. hard. And what do you tell you about teams that play just like the Detroit Lions? Hey, some of these teams are trash, but don't don't go sleep on a team that plays hard. Do not get caught slipping on a team that plays hard. Yeah, they play. The Texans bro. play hard with Texans no talent. Lions been playing hard with no talent for two years. These yeah. these type coaches who give who, who inspire their players to play like that, you don't want to get caught slipping, man. Yeah, no question. And you know, let me go drop them two safeties back, man. Is gonna force some turnovers. So hey, be careful. Yeah, let's uh, before we get out of here, let's talk about Aaron Judge sixty, man. Sixty home yeah. runs. Hey, hit hit sixty last night in the ninth inning. That ends up sparking a rally for them to win the game. John Carlo hits a walk-off grand slam. Where does this rank, man? Where are, are you? Uh, are you on the? This is the new record because it's clean. Uh, are you on the? Yeah, good season. You know, sixty homers. It's behind Sosa and all those boys. What is, is the record? Sixty-six, sixty-five. The record? Yeah. In a season? 
Yeah, what did Bonds hit? Was it 72? 73, bro. 73. <laughs> <laughs> and then they yeah, walked him like They was walking him. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not going to happen. Dude, here's what I'll say about Aaron Judge, man. Um, when I saw before the year that he had turned down all that money, I was like, wow. Because this is a dude. Remember, he burst on the scene kind of crazy, right? When he first came up, it was yeah. kind of crazy. Then it cooled off a bit. He dealt with some injuries whatever right and this year he comes out and says i'm gonna bet on myself and when i saw that he hit that 60th home run last night all i thought was hey hey pay me they're gonna pay him i mean they're cashman. gonna pay Ca- and what i said when the caller id says cashman brian you know what's coming <laughs> comma, i told you this year is a cashman comma Cash, brian cashman comma brian you know hey, <laughs> give me give me the bag and that's it man so like i i i didn't see this coming um, but obviously he did, man. I felt great for him, man. You saw last night, uh, he, he did the curtain call and then he looks around and goes, Oh fuck. And everybody's like, yeah, he just, he's just taking in the moment. He's like, nah, he's taking in that bank account. He's taking yeah, in that bank account. 300 million, 300 million more, That's 500. It, 400, five, six, seven, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know what I no. mean? So I feel, I, I feel great for him, man. Obviously I'm not the biggest baseball fan. You're in New York. So you're right in the mix of it. Yeah, um, and I know they're going crazy out there about it, man. It's just cool to see though. It is cool to see a guy hit 60 home runs the clean way. Um, I love that it's a brother too. So yeah, I'm all I'm all for it, man. I think a big thing for me was that I I am I vividly remember the '98 season with Sosa and McGuire, and it was like a really cool special time. Especially I was, was really with Sosa McGuire and Balco. And, <laughs> uh, the the Sosa <laughs> that that '98 run was different. I didn't even I it, it felt different to me just because I was from Chicago. I'm from Chicago, and when it was two guys going at it in the right in the same division, the yeah, yeah, like yeah, it was sure. different, right? And then we had the Bonds piece, but it's cool to see any type of home run chase. He's extremely locked in. It looks effortless for him as well. I we were talking about this at the studio. Is this the best season of a guy in a contract type situation? Like for him to be no. looking for a deal and Joe then. Flacco. Joe Flacco is the king of the contract. It would be like yeah. if Joe Flacco broke the touchdown passing record and had the best passing season ever. Or it would be like if Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl and got $130 million. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, they were ready to re- Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. It it's wasn't like, like yeah, a yeah. going into the year, you're going to have to re sign this guy. We weren't talking about that from Flacco. It was like, yeah, he was sure. coming in the whole way, like, they don't want to give me a deal. And then he goes out, <laughs> he's going to end up hitting 63, 64, potentially even 65 home runs in a contract year in a Yankees uniform. And they're going to end up winning the division. They're going to be, you know, a player in the playoffs. It's, it's insanely – he's going to win the MVP. I don't care about Otani and what he did, but his numbers are insane as well. But he's going to win MVP. But they don't, they don't win ball or, games over In other words, man, okay, you don't want to pay me. I, I don't, I, I'm, I've been trying to think about this, and I've been going back and forth on people in contract years. He went into the season looking for a new deal, won the MVP, hit 60-plus home runs, which nobody has done, breaks Roger Maris's record in the Yankees uniform, or we hope he will. He's at 60 right now with Babe Ruth. Uh, that's you couldn't you couldn't make that up. No one would believe that. If I, if I told you in a contract year he was going to come in, win the MVP, potentially win the triple crown, and hit sixty plus home runs, you'd be like, "Yeah, get the fuck out of here." Yeah, get out of here. Yeah, sure. So I think it's interesting that the for for him to be do a deal similar to what the the numbers Lamar is trying to put up right now too. 
this might be the best season I've ever seen with someone looking for a new contract, going into a contract year. What he turned down a buck sixty. He yeah, I don't know exactly the exact so, number, but when you look he, at the he, amount of money he's made, he's, he's made himself an extra two hundred million dollars this year. At least. If you really want to look at it, yeah, he's made himself an extra two hundred million dollars. And the Yankees aren't going to give it to him. Someone's going to give it to him. He's made so he's made so much money to the point where it's a conversation that the Yankees. <laughs> They might not even keep him. Like this is he's not, made a million. Like, he's made. He's, if you look at it, he's made a what a million and a half dollars per game, basically. Yeah, two games. Yeah. I don't know how that would go over with the fan base. Like, how can you what, let paying him, him that kind of money? No, letting him go after he almost went. Oh yeah, come on, no nah, man. Especially with I mean guy, the, right? the way the way that team was playing for most of the year. I know they slipped uh, the last month or so. Uh, they back up and they're doing fine now. I know for a while, post All Star, it was a yeah, post All Star no, break. They kind of struggled a bit, but they came out the gates crazy. Yeah, no, they're still so, in first place. They're they they're trying to get rolling. Last hey, what? And you live in that city, man. Year. They print money out there, so if they let him leave, like yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, they should. Yeah, that's a whole. They print money. They, they print money. They're the fucking Yankees. Come on. So yeah, I hope they don't let him walk. But if he does walk, that's fine. Somebody's gonna give the bag. Our final question before you get out of here: What's so is that the home run record? If he if he breaks sixty one. Is that the is that the new that's the new AL AL record? Seventy three. Oh AL. Oh well, uh, no, not AL, but the, the league. No MLB. Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds the record holder. Man. They walk they walk that man like two hundred times that year. He would have hundred. Everybody was juicing, bro. The field. Everybody's like it wasn't a level playing field. Yes, the fuck it was. The pitchers were juicing. Clemens yeah, was, juicing. was juicing. Pettit was juicing. All these guys were juicing. So it's like if you could juice, you would have. Look Simon. at the look at the report. Everybody that never was juicing. It was Mandy, just all the Manny doesn't speak English, but he grew up in the Bronx and they asked him about it. <laughs> no English, like, bro, you're from New York, my guy. <laughs> you grew up here. <laughs> All right, yeah. man. We'll leave it Stay there for Big Dick to Click. I am your host, Sean Little. No catch on Sports Talk via Chicago, man. Tap in with us across the board YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. You know what time it is. We'll see y'all next week.